Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics on Radamic. Berto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today, as usual. Actually, it was a rough one, rough start, rough start, because there's so much going on, doing a whole lot of stuff. So forgive me for any mishaps. And I see that I, I may have sent out a spelling error. Oh, my God. What can I say? But anyhow, folks, we're going to have a good show for you today. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to start out with 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 probably the best anti the, the best probably rally I've seen a politician give to veto a bill, and it, it's you know I, I want to play the the entire thing uh, because I think if we were did you break your glass? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Yes, I did. Just just now, I went ahead and put it on, and I didn't even. I forgot that I had it on. Otherwise, I would take it off and say, "Oh, look at me! We're we're in my." <laughs> but you know what? I think I'm going to have to look at it because I can't read the screen clearly with my new with my new eyes, the new cataract eyes that I have. So I'm sorry. A nose clip. Yeah, that's what I need. That's what I need. That's what I need. Anyhow, let's welcome folks in. Welcome aboard, Maywood. Bridge MCP, Michael Rodney, Navy Q. Who else we got here? Lee Grant is in the house. E2247 is in the house as, as well as, as well as, uh, who else is here? I lost my trend of thought trying to fix the glasses or straighten the glasses, even though it's kind of broken. Yeah. Uh, Eric Hayes in the house as well. Steve Martin glasses clip. I'll fix that on the other end, but. I think it looks kind of cute, don't you think? I think it looks kind of cute. I this is you know what? I am going to start a new trend. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a new trend. Broken glasses trend. And everybody has to join the join the fold with the broken glasses. Too much liquor. I don't drink, so it's not too much liquor. But I realize if I do this, I don't get, you don't see it too badly. You just see a little twisted glasses. All right, we're cool now. We're cool. All right. Oh, the arm is off. I see that now. Yes, the arm is off. Bruce Pollard is in the house. BDP. All right, let's see. BDP. What does BDP stand for? I'm trying to think. We have all these acronyms that we're trying to, to, to learn now. So I'm going to try to figure out what is BDP, folks. I'm going to try to figure out what is BDP. Okay, I'm fixing my glasses. How do I get this stuff down? Oh, that's what I need to do. Twist it like that. Okay, good. All right. Oh, Rodney, I'm so, I remember well, I remember well um, when your father left left us. I remember well um, when you came and you broke the news for us. I know the feeling. That's all I can tell you right now. I do know the feeling. All right, I tell you what, this is sort of distracting to some, but I'm going to put it on when I need to read something, which is going to be all of the time, so I may not do that. All right, title of the show today is Todd Calls Out GOP Immorality, Progressive Helen 
Jim could be next Philly mayor and Cooper vetoes the abortion bill. I tell you what I'm going to start with. I want you guys to listen to this rally and listen to all the things this governor said. I didn't quite have the time to go ahead and process it well. So let's go ahead and uh, play that video and then we'll take it on the other side. You know, as governor, I'm working every day to move North Carolina forward. Better jobs, higher wages, better schools, safer streets, healthier communities. And I try to work with this legislature whenever I can to get things done. Forward is the only way ahead. But I know one thing for certain. Standing in the way of progress right now is this Republican supermajority legislature that only took 48 hours to turn the clock back 50 years on women's health. And that's exactly what this bill does. It makes women jump through additional hoops and navigate a wicked obstacle course just to get care. It puts trusted clinics at risk of closing. It stops medication abortion after 10 weeks. It tells doctors how and when to practice medicine and threatens them with fines and criminal charges if they don't do it like the politicians want them to do. They say, they say they passed this bill because they care about the lives of children. Really? Really? Then why not invest significantly more to reduce infant mortality in the state? Why not fully fund public education? Instead of giving millionaires yet another tax break and paying for their children's private school voucher. Why not pay our children's teachers what they deserve? Why not pass common sense legislation that deals with the fact that gunfire has surpassed car accidents as the number one cause of injury deaths for children in this state? They say they passed this bill because they care about mothers. Then why not invest more in quality child care? So their children can learn and they can go to work. Why not invest more to reduce the number of women who die in childbirth? 
Why not equal pay for equal work? And by the way, happy Mother's Day weekend to all the moms who are here. And especially our amazing First Lady, Kristen Cooper, who is here with us today. Along with one of my amazing daughters, Hillary, who is here today. And I know my mom, the best public school teacher in the history of North Carolina, is looking down on us and smiling today. I know that she is. Let's be clear. This bill has nothing to do with making women safer and everything to do with banning abortion. There is a reason why. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The North Carolina Medical Society, the OBGYN Society, the North Carolina Academy of Family Physicians all oppose this bill. leave the medicine to the doctors and the decisions to the women. Now we've heard Republican legislators claiming that this bill is a mainstream compromise. Let me tell you what. Mainstream bills don't get written in secret. Kept under lock and key. Introduced in the dark of night. Kept from public input. Protected from any amendments. And then get rammed through in less than 48 hours. Which is, by the way, shorter than the mandatory 72 hours they make women wait for health care after the first appointment. There is nothing, nothing mainstream about this bill. They hid the dirty details of it. You know why? Because they didn't want you to show up. They know North Carolinians do not want abortion bans. So they dressed this up and they tried to disguise it. But together, we have showed up and we have exposed it.
We have to stop this ban. So today, right there, I'm going to veto it. But we are going to have to kick it into an even higher gear when that veto stamp comes down. If just one Republican in either the House or the Senate keeps a campaign promise to protect women's reproductive health, we can stop this ban. But that's going to take every single one of you to make calls, to send emails, to write letters. Tell them to sustain this veto. Tell them to ask the Republican leadership to stop it. Now, there are four legislators who made these promises. But I think there may be more who know in their hearts and minds that this is bad. Most of them, and these legislators can tell you that, most of them didn't get to see the bill until we saw it. Some may not have realized how horrible this actually is. Tell them. Tell them, tell them that we need to stop going back to the last century and move forward. Tell them that politicians shouldn't push their way into the exam room with women and their doctors. Tell them that women's lives depend on stopping this ban. Now we need people all over the state to learn how bad this bill is. And maybe it'll be a friend, a family member, a minister, or even a doctor of one of these Republican legislators who convinces them to step up and do the right thing. If just one Republican follows his or her conscience, if just one Republican finds the courage if just one Republican listens to doctors, if just one Republican is unafraid to stand up to the political bosses, if just one Republican keeps that promise made to the people, then we can stop this ban. First, this bad bill needs a return to cinder. Yeah!
This bad bill needs a veto. I veto this bill. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news. I love it. Let me tell you why I I went ahead and, and taped that one. I mean, I could not have been more happy to see how and and by the way, guys, I did a little bit of Yankee engineering on this thing. Okay, so I I, I am I, I needed it to to get right. Anyway, it was great to see the passion out there, and the the passion out there to get something done. And by the way, he's a Democratic governor. It's amazing that the the, the statewide offices are held by Democrats because it's not gerrymandered, but all the the congressional districts and senatorial districts. Guess what? They're gerrymandered so much so that they have a supermajority after a Democrat uh, decided to become a Republican to help these guys out. The backstory is not known yet. We many believe that who knows, maybe she was blackmailed into having to switch parties or something like that. We don't quite know, but it occurred, gave them a supermajority. So the veto from the from the governor can be overridden, but it takes 100 percent of all Republicans to vote for it. And I doubt, I doubt, I'm starting to wonder if it's if it if they can actually defeat this veto. Because again, based on where North Carolinians are, they are not at a 20-week, uh, 20-week ban as they're doing here. Whoa, Egberto Willis, I was confused. I thought the governor wanted to ban abortions, but he doesn't know he wants he wants to stop the ban. Of abortion, so maybe I, I I said it wrong. He's a good guy. Roy Cooper is the good guy, and I'm very impressed with the the rally that they had there because the people showed up. And I'm impressed with another rally that we're going to talk about with somebody that I know uh, quite well in in a little bit. Anyhow, let me go to the to the to the board here. Uh, let's see what we got here. Put a bit, put a bit, put a bit, put a bit. In the house, back in the house, we have. Uh, uh, Carl Cox is in the house. He says conservatives want to renew or want the new form of the dark ages to succeed. They want to eliminate all rights, all people, no matter whether it's reproductive rights or not. They want to go back 2000 years. They want the populace to go back 2000 years. They don't want to go back 2000 years for themselves, though. That is just uh, what they want for us all. I'm trying to get this stuff fixed. All right. That's all they want for the. Yes. Oh, the Erky. What is it called? An Urkel glass fix. Is that what it's called? An Urkel glass fix? Yeah, you know. And you know, I can't run and buy another glasses because I go for my eye checkup early next week where I will get some prescriptions. But what I need to do, however, is get some reading glasses. I mean, go pick that up after the show. Anyhow, let's see what else we got here. Uh, what, what else we got here? Bada bit. Who else is in the house? Uh, let's see who joined. Lee Grant joined the house. Paul Fleming is in the house. And if I missed you, please go ahead and point it out. Um, El Senor Rudnan asked me to put this on the screen. Very important thing here. The U.S. has by far the largest, the, the, the highest child and teen firearm mortality rate among peers. And look at, look at the difference. Look at that chart. 5.6 per 100,000. The closest country that comes to us. Canada at eight. It's amazing. It is amazing. Japan, 0.1. UK, 0.1. Netherlands, 0.1. Germany, 0.1. Uh, 
the average of all these other countries, comparable countries to us, 0.3. And we are what again? 5.6. We should be ashamed. And here's a chart that is similar to show where guns has taken over. Uh, motor crashes down, guns up, cancer down, suffocation down, drug overdose. I imagine uh, from the, and not from the pandemic, but from the opioids that caused it to go up. Anyhow, continuing with the program, to please change the tabs. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't put that on the screen. All right. I got to do it again. Here we go. Sorry about that. Uh, here are the tabs. You can see it now. Oh, I think you can see it. Where is it? I think you can. See, there you go. There you go. The U.S. has by far the highest child and teen firearms. It's a good thing I'm, I'm listening to you guys in real time because I can make the changes where I need to make the changes. There's no reason to smile. DS, how are you doing? Welcome aboard. Uh, so that, that's a chart that we're talking about, that the first chart from AVQ. And here's a second chart from AVQ. And it shows you the pathetic nature of where we stand with respect to guns, etc., etc., etc. Okay. How do I do this? Uh, I think that's the way. All right. There we go. That's better. All right. Eric Hayes says Walgreens. Okay. I'll check out Walgreens and, and, and see. Uh, pick one up there, Eric. You're a good man. Thank you for the advice. I'll go there after the show. Well, I have two interviews, I think, after the show, but we'll see. Uh, what else have we got here? Eric Hayes says fentanyl overdoses up, not humane, but it's due to weak policy on suppliers and cartels by the federal government. No, that's not true. Remember who is the... Who is the which is the part of our government that doesn't like um, regulations again? We could regulate, we could regulate uh, drugs out of this system if we really wanted to, but it means infringing on a lot of people's rights. You know, we could, we could, we could have, uh, we could do some real. Oh, it fell off again. It fell off again. In real time, folks. In real time. In real time. Okay. What the heck? I'm going to try to read without it. No, I can't. I can't read the screen without it. That's my new eyes. My new eyes requires me because it's very hard to read the screen. Yeah, I got to use I got to use it. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry about that. Okay. I have another video. Back in, I think it was 2015, I attended a Netroots, okay? And I met this young woman, sort of tiny. But my God, she was powerful. I want you to take a listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side. Her name is Helen Jin, and she's Jim Helen Gim, and she's likely to be the next mayor of Philadelphia. I want you to check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. There's a race that many of us think that we should probably have no interest in, but we really should. And that is a race in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the mayor of Philadelphia. And there is a young woman running. Her name is Helen Gim. And Helen Gim has run likely one of the best progressive races I've seen in this city. She created a coalition of everybody in Philadelphia. Her campaign looked like America. The voice that she put out sounded like America. She went out there and told folks, these are our problems. But she didn't just tell folks, these are the problems that we have as a society. But she went out there 
and the solutions that she spoke about were completely inclusive of everybody. That is Helen Gim. And the last polls that came out in Philadelphia, it shows that she is leading the race. On Tuesday, we'll find out how successful she was. But last night, AOC, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie Sanders, Maurice, who runs the Working People's Party, uh, all of them went out there to support her because it really looks like for the first time, we're going to have an Asian-American woman that wins in the city basically because she came with a progressive message that included absolutely everybody and she united a whole bunch of different factions within that city. She's leading so far from the last polls that I saw by three points. I met this woman in, I think it was Arizona at the Netroots convention and she was tiny woman and she was following Nina Turner in a speech. And you know, I, for those of you who know Nina Turner, she is the former Ohio Senator. I mean, she's a, she's a hell of an orator. And so she came, Helen Gim is sitting there and you know, we're all watching this, this thing. And, and, and Nina goes out there and gave a hell of a speech. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, Oh my God, this poor young lady is going to come out and she's going to just fall flat after we had a Nina Turner out there. And she came out there and blew the blew it out of the air. Tiny thing blew it out of the air. So I ran over and I said, oh, we got to get an interview. And I interviewed her and we became friends from then on. And about six weeks ago, I guess it was or so, I interviewed her again for her to kind of tell us how she's running her campaign, et cetera, in uh, Philadelphia. And it seems like she's at the top of the heap and she may actually win. So um, we'll get her on again for KPFT when uh, after the election is all over. If she pulls this through in a city where where she is an unlikely candidate, a machine-driven city, and she comes with a progressive message with a grassroots system, she would have proven what we have been talking about a long time. And that is, if you make sure and you show up and you are in the neighborhoods and you are around people, irrespective of the time of the year, doesn't have to be around election time. As long as you are out there engaging the people and letting the people know that you are there to support them, the people many times will reward you if what you're coming with, they feel are solutions to their problems. Where it looks like that is what we're seeing with the population in Philadelphia. And if they go out and vote, it'll happen. And she will be, I repeat, she will be the template used all over the country when it comes to how can progressives all around the country, when there are spears coming at you from all sides, how can you win with a populist message that means something? So I am watching that race with the expectation that all of us here in Houston, in, in California, in Alabama are watching to see how you win, how you support the next generation, how you get things occurring. Absolutely so. Slow down, Egberto. The petite little thing has not yet won. Don't forget 2016. I mean, you know, you're right about that. Um, You're right about that, Daniel Lado. She hasn't won yet. I foresee that she's going. I, I really hope that she pulls it up because for what's happening in, in Philadelphia right now, she is the what I consider the best bet to fix things up. If you look at the list of her accomplishments, they're actually pretty good. So, 
You're right about that, Danielle. I, I, I mean, I, I'm hoping that she pulls it out. You know, I'm hoping that she pulls it out. And I think she will. I honestly think she will. Anyhow, let's see what else we got here in the in the chat. Uh, yes, there's no reason to smile. Yes, there are always reasons to smile because we can smile saying we are going to make things better. That's our goal to make things better. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Para ver, para ver, para ver. Egberto the engineer, LOL. I fix the arms all the time. Just a wee screw in an eyeglass kit. Buy one at any glass store. No matter how it breaks, I'd have to see those kits because this break was a pretty interesting break. It was more than just the hinge that broke. So I'll look and see what a kit looks like. I'd never known that because, again, I think this is a first real time that I've broken the glasses without having a spear or anything like that because this is a cheap glasses I purchased that somewhere. I don't know where. Anyway. Michael Ronan said, honestly, sometimes I wonder if conservatives even give a damn about addicts not dying from hot doses uh, or if it's just a talking point against the opposition and against marginalized groups. They want, I, I think the latter is more, more true than not, Mr. Rudnan. I think the latter is more true than not. Uh, conservatives also believe that death by guns is a grand, glorious death. Be proud of that kind of death. I don't know if I ever heard anyone say that, though. Um, look, I just think I just think they make an issue out of it for one reason only: to make money. I don't think I don't think there is anything uh, moral about any of this. I just think. The, they're, the way they feel is they don't want to have any controls on that which gives money, that what's make money, okay? Uh, let's see, every case, Egberto, we have to hope that Lee is not mayor, then Houston will become Chicago. Hmm, okay. Uh, Lee Grant says, hope she can clean up Philly, that's her goal. There's huge fentanyl crisis thanks to Democratic policies. You had me, my brother, up until uh, thanks to Democratic policies. If it were thanks to democratic policies, you wouldn't have an Ohio with a much deeper fentanyl problem than many blue states. Okay? Let's remember that. Let's remember that. Okay. I just like to do the numbers, man. Just the numbers. Just the numbers. All right? Let's do the numbers. Let's just do the numbers. Crocox says fentanyl crisis is a problem brought on by policies of both Democrats and Republicans with Republican policies even worse. Now, that makes a lot of sense, Mr. Carl Cox. And I think that's exactly what we're looking at. All right, the last video that I have for today, and, and I have to cut out a bit early because I have an interview that I, um, that I got to set up for a local politician who is supposed to reveal a, a few things. So let's go ahead and do this last video here, and we'll then take it on the other side. Republicans once demanded morality in their politicians. Now, it appears not so much. Just listen to what Lindsey Graham said on this program. As House Republicans weighed whether to impeach Democratic President Bill Clinton, 
25 years ago for obstruction of justice and perjury. It's one thing to go and commit a crime. It's another thing to, to flaunt it in front of the American people and never admit to your wrongdoing. If the president would have the character to come forward and admit to the wrongdoing that I think is obviously there, then maybe I would treat him differently. What I'm looking for is a president that has a character trait to lead the American people, that will put his interests secondary to the American people. I'm looking for somebody who's repentant, somebody understands they made not just a mistake, but violated the law. The law allows people to be treated differently if they'll come before the court and said, I'm sorry, I'm guilty. But somebody plays the games to the bitter end, tries to have it both ways, dances on the head of the pen, in my opinion, has forfeited their right to lead this country. Does character matter in the Republican Party? Russell Moore has been one of the highest profile conservative evangelical voices speaking out against Donald Trump. From 2013 until his resignation in 2021, he was the president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. Now, he's the editor-in-chief of Christianity Today. Dr. Moore, welcome back to Meet the Press. Thanks for having me, Chuck. I want to repeat the last sentence there from Senator Graham. Again, 25 years ago, this was Lindsey Graham. Uh, somebody that plays the games to the bitter end, tries to have it both ways, dances on the head of a pen, in my opinion, has forfeited their right to lead this country. I want to get your reaction to that. Where are we today? Well, it was right in 1998, and it's right now. And that's part of what's so confusing uh, to many of us who were taught uh, in the 1990s that character matters and are now told by often the very same people that it doesn't. I mean, evangelical Christianity emphasizes that the internal affects the external. And the fact that a person, uh, a person's character in private has everything to do with his or her character in public. That has always been the case. And that's always been the issue here is does character matter or does it not? You know, even former Vice President Pence was kind of dismissive of the defamation um, verdict. I'm not sure what's going on in Vice President Pence's mind at this point. I know it was it was a, a shocking moment for me, even after everything that we've seen. And what's primarily shocking is the fact that uh, here we are in a week where a former president of the United States is found liable for sexual abuse and sexual assault and defamation uh, of a, a woman who survived such abuse and assault. And the country just yawns for the most part. That tells me that something has really, really badly gone awry uh, in this country. And you, you add to it the demeanor and the content of President Trump's uh, deposition uh, to, to simply right. shrug off and defend the Access Hollywood uh, comments. In, in 2015, I said that President Trump had the, or, or Donald Trump at the time, had the attitude toward women of a Bronze Age warlord. In that deposition, he said, yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, predated it back mm -hmm. to millions of years ago and said, unfortunately or fortunately, that's the way that it is. Well, think about the teenage girl in a church somewhere who's being abused by her youth pastor, yeah. wondering whether to come forward. And she hears not only that, but when the victim is uh, ridiculed by uh, a, a presidential candidate in front of a crowd, the response is laughter. That has devastating implications. Eight years ago, when Donald Trump first ran, there was a divide inside the evangelical community. And there was a lot of hand-wringing. And many came down on the side of, well, if the choice is between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump will appoint the judges that I like. Um, you seem to indicate after Donald Trump announced his reelection plans after the November 2022 midterms that you didn't sense a divide anymore in the evangelical community, that politically 
they're all in. Well, I think that's probably true with the uh, politically activated, politically politically energized uh, base. I don't think that's true of everyone. Uh, almost every congregation that I know is either divided or tense uh, about these sorts of political controversies coming out of the Trump years. Uh, almost every family that I know has people who don't speak to each other anymore about this personality and this no. figure. And I think there are a lot of people, including uh, conservative evangelicals like me, who are looking at this and saying, are we really going to do this again? Haven't we seen this already? Do we really want to repeat it? And I suppose that will be the question for the rest of the year. And the truth of the matter, I think he, he failed in, in one respect. He said that uh, he can't believe the response from uh, the people. It was pretty much a yawn. It was only a yawn on the right. Uh, the, the folks on the left are pretty darn upset that Donald Trump, what Donald Trump has done or is doing uh, with respect to E. E. Jean Perry. E. Jean, what's her name? E. Jean, whatever her name is. Okay. All right. Let's see what we got here. Lady, let's see. Lady G. Lady G hated Trump, hated him, then did an about face. Uh, yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. That's how it goes sometimes. Anyhow, folks, let's see what else we got here. Let's see what, what else we got here. Carl Cox's fentanyl crisis is a problem brought on. I read that already. Uh, but he says, Egberto, if you stop talking with your hands and use it, uh, and, and use it like you're thinking, I should do that, right? But you know what? Yo soy Latino. We, you know, I think our, I think as a Afro-Latino-Caribbean man, I think what happens to us is we, our lips are somehow connected to our hands. Because as we talk, if we hold ourselves back, it's difficult as hell to not speak with your hands. I mean, you go ahead and go to Panama. It's funny, my, my wife came to Panama, right? And and I'm talking to the immigration person there because I came into Panama without a passport because our general said once a Panamanian, always a Panamanian, you don't need your passport. They were about to send me back on a plane. So I'm arguing and fighting with the guy and we're and, and we're just going and my wife doesn't understand Spanish and she's sitting down there going into a fit. Hey, Berto, what's happening? What's happening? Because I'm arguing with this guy who has a long gun and all of, you know, and, and she doesn't, she doesn't understand or she didn't understand that that was the culture, right? That's how we talk, you know? So that's a problem, Bridge MCP. My lips are connected to my hands. You don't see the cables, but my lips are connected to my hands. Let's see what that thing says on the screen there. Oh, I can see it. I can use it as a magnifying glass too. That way I don't have to put it on. Daniel Ledeau is replying to Eric Hayes. I understand, Notif uh, let's see, I understand notification of guys like Egberto Willis. I know they, their secret thoughts and biases. His humanist act is to throw off the useful idiots who think he is a sage of progressive thought. But he really just wants chaos and death. Look how he gaslights on democratic culpability with the death and misery of our, on our streets. And he denies the, real, the, the, denies the reality because he wants to continue. 
That would make a good poem, actually. Don't you think, Bridge? That would make a good poem. I think it would. I think it would. But hey, uh, C plus, let's say control plus makes it bigger. You know, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a secret, Bridge. Sometimes we are just too darn silly. I'm talking about myself now. Because how could I have forgotten that? That that's all I needed to do. Make the letters bigger. I love you, girl. See why I have the posse? You guys keep me straight. All right, come on, folks. I, I don't have much more. <clears throat> like I said, it's a short. I've, I intended to finish 10 minutes early today, but I still have four minutes or five minutes ago. So anything that you guys put in there, we'll talk about. Uh, Control Plus makes it bigger. Bridge, MCP, they should sing together to just work. Bridge says, I know, seriously, LOL. All right, folks, I'm about to get out of here. So please give me something that you want me to cover in the next five minutes before I head out. But I'd like to stay another five minutes if you would allow me your eyes for the next five minutes. What should I talk about for the next five minutes? Michael Wood says, why do fentanyl overdoses happen? Hot doses, addicts taking illegal drugs where they don't know there's fentanyl in it. What's the solution? Legalize, tax, and regulate. I agree with that. If drug seekers know how much they're taking, much fewer doses. I agree. I agree. Anyhow, look, folks, I got to get out of here and prepare for a, another interview. So what we're going to do today is I thank you so kindly for being here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. <laughs>